get some big headphones. It's a test. It's a test. Hello, hello, and welcome to this, the something something episode of the, <laughs> the tri-weekly watch list. We're back, we're forgetting. Tries in brackets. <laughs> tri-weekly watch list. My name is Sean Peter Budge, and I'm joined as always by Will Peters. William, hello. Hello. Uh, we get together sporadically to um, discuss <laughs> what we've watched or listened to or played in the last little while and talk about whether you should. Um basically how it works we pick a few things each week and yeah. just chew the fat uh, generally we start though with the news or news items that have caught our attention uh-huh. if you will um and it's been a look it's been a couple of weeks it's been a minute since we last recorded so a bit's happened um netflix have won the auction to make sequels to knives out uh, yeah. you didn't see that no so ryan johnson daniel craig was the yeah. uh, investigator private detective type thing mm-hmm. um uh, so they've won the auction. They're going to do sequels, you know, two and three. Uh, Ryan Johnson will apparently write and direct. Daniel Craig's going to be back, obviously, because he needs to be uh, Benoit Blanc, the uh, detective. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about I, I thought Knives Out was quite okay. Like I watched and I was like, yeah, this is... I don't think I ever saw it. You know, it's a, it's a whodunit. I was like, yeah, yeah this is not bad. People yeah. love a mystery, uh-huh. you know, very um, Poirot style. You can't help... You know, Agatha Christie can't help but draw the line between those types of those books and properties. But all these American people were carrying on like he's invented the whodunit. <laughs> I remember sitting in the cinema being like, yeah, this is just murder on the Orient Express or yeah. like it's a classic British whodunit. It's good. But everyone's like, oh, it's amazing. You're like, a masterpiece. Um, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. Sure. But sequels to that, uh, like I said, should be a bit of fun. Um, interestingly, there's been no word for uh, what are we going? We're going on four years now, Will. About uh, Ryan Johnson's um, Star Wars trilogy. That's <laughs> not happening. Uh, but they haven't officially removed it from the slate. They just keep kind of every so often someone's like, are you, "What are you doing? Are you doing it?" And he's like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah, we're still working on it." Someone just needs to say, "No, you're not. Mm. Stop bullshitting people. You're not working on another Star Wars because you killed it. <laughs> They're not going to give you another one. It's not worth the hassle." Um, Warner Brothers released a trailer for an adaptation of a really classic Batman comic book. We've spoken in the past about how a lot of the Warner Brothers animated sort of movies are really good. Yeah. Uh, especially their, their the DC stuff, but especially Batman. Um, there's some really excellent Batman animated under the Red Hood, going all the way back to Mask of Phantasm. Um, that was 93, but uh, The Dark Knight Returns, the two-part adaptation of that was excellent. Hush was sort of okay. There's lots of really, really good ones. Um they're doing one on The Long Halloween, which is this classic um, sort of all-in, like everyone's in it sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, written in 1996, and it's this really seminal comic book that's actually inspired sort of The Dark Knight in parts. Yeah. It wasn't an adaptation of The Long Halloween, but parts of it were. So there's a trailer out there for that. I think that's a two-parter as well. A Year One was the other one. They did right. um, the classic Frank Miller Year One, which was sort of an inspiration for Begins. That's a couple of years old now, but that was yeah. really good as well. Um, super watchable. They're just really well done. Yeah. Uh, so there's a trailer out there for that. That'll come out later this year, which should be interesting. On the dark night, did yes. you see a thing on Twitter this week, maybe even today, about some blue supporter making like a the dark blue rises or something? Oh, it's, about what? Char- it's about Charlie Kerno. Oh, no. Coming back. And I'm it like, sounds oh, embarrassing. Boy. It's Yeah, I, I watched it. And uh, it's basically they put clips, clips of Charlie uh, Kerno together. Uh, 
over the uh, trailer audio. Oh. It's like... Of the Joker? Just of the Dark Knight Rises. I'm pretty oh, sure. Dark Knight Rises. Sorry, yeah. of course. Sorry. And it's like, uh, uh, I mean, uh, sure. Yeah. Great editing first time. Ish. It's yeah. just like, oh, I don't, don't know about it. I think you probably should have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, I won't be seeking that out. Maybe just show mum. That's your number one watch. Just show mummy and daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the trailer for a film called Zola? Uh, so it's this crazy independent film based on a series of tweets of this like madcap adventure this woman went on. I feel like I've heard that she got heard hooked about into this. like a stripping and this weird, incredible, stranger than fiction story. Yeah. I don't know if you can actually, someone has probably on Reddit or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, I never saw the tweets of this woman telling this crazy thread of it. It's like a couple of hundred tweets about okay. this is what happened to me, blah, blah, blah. And this is only interesting in the sense that, A, it kind of looks like an okay film. You know, it kind of looks like something, you go, this could be interesting. Mm. But B, it's actually one of the first examples, if not the first example, of tweets being Used. optioned. Probably, actually... Shit My Dad Says would probably be the other one. It was a short-lived TV show mm-hmm. where this guy had a Twitter account of just shit his dad said. Yeah. And William Shatner was in it. And it was a, it was a, didn't last very long, but it was that idea of this, this movie started off as a thread of tweets yeah. that they've now adapted into a film. Interesting. And it is interesting. It's this, yeah. this weird thing where you're like, this may actually start to happen. A bit more regularly. Not like, you know, there won't be a, a a Twitter film every month, <laughs> but every so often there might be that that twig in people's mind that, oh, that's a story or this is a, a character or a person that could be ripe for adaptation. Because it's hard though, it's a bit different to be like based on a true story because well, it's, it it's not that, like a, it? it's, it's, you know, there's not book with references and stuff. It's like they posted it online so we don't know. <laughs> but it looks, it's a crazy looking story. Um, it, 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 like I say, I keep saying interesting. Mm. And I don't mean that as a vague crutch. Like it could be, it looks like it could be. Just genuinely interesting. could be interesting, both yeah. uh, in terms of the story being told, the film being made, yeah. and the actual process of it getting made. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making a live-action adaptation of the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Why, like, Will? Because it's 2021 and everything everyone deserves, yeah. everyone and everything deserves live-action and it just ruins it. For we the are, kids of today. Well, you know for what For the kids is. of today to love and for the kids parents, of yesterday to shit on. Oh, no, well, they're, they're, it's made for their parents. Correct. But then the parents go, what the fuck's this? They're like, I'll watch it, but I won't enjoy it. Exactly. I mean, when's it out? <laughs> go, this week? <laughs> Friday? I um, may not watch it. But it sounds... I, I read into it. It was actually announced last August. Yeah. And it's only kind of got some traction again now. Apparently they're older, so they've the Powerpuff Girls have kind of grown One of up. Black as well. One of them's black, and Somehow I was like, they go from you know they've the, changed. Yeah, it's fine. Michael Don't worry Jackson about it. Reverse, but okay. But I, uh, I sort of thought to myself, so it's a bit like Hook, which <laughs> Hook was made in '91, I think. I don't know if we've spoken about this. The Lost Boys just turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fat kid that turned <laughs> himself into a cannonball. Um, <laughs> but that film, so that film came out in '91. Yeah, and I, I maintain, I love Hook. I was about to say, I reckon I've heard you talk about Hook many a time, and everyone like shits on it. Nah, great but film. I, but I think the reason people shit on it is because Steven Spielberg's super successful director. Yeah, you just get you're just too big. Yeah, and when the film maybe isn't quite, oh, it's not amazing. 
hot shit. But you think about it, this film was made 30 years ago. Yeah. Hook this is, not the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> We're now talking about Hook. Hook was so far ahead of the curve. Last Action Hero, I've spoken about Last Action Hero before. Yeah. Those films were made like 25 years too early mm. for an audience who goes like, when I look at I couldn't be less interested. Either do a really straight adaptation, if you're going to ad- adapt Hook or Peter Pan, sorry. Yeah. Do a phone, like straight down the line, this is what it is. Or do what they did and say, here's the pitch. I can see them Peter Pan, Hook. Peter Pan grows up. Yeah. And you're like... Oh, yeah. Immediately I'm like, yeah, okay. And what's he like? Oh, he doesn't, he's forgotten to be Peter Pan and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I love it. And when I read this thing, I was like, they're just ripping off Hook. Pricks. Yeah. I hope it gets as much hate as Hook did. Like, have they all been to college and then they'd yes, like, I think so. And then they come back and they're like, who are you? Who are you? Like, and then they'll just, something will trigger them and whatever. Hook's got, inc- incidentally... Um, the crazy doctor they walked past. <laughs> Hook's got... Uh, he'll have to be in it, won't he? Yeah. Um, got one of John Williams' best pieces of music in it ever. I think it's called Imagining Childhood. I think that's the title of the track on the score. Right. And it's John Williams is the greatest composer... film. Com- he's the greatest film composer of all time. Yeah. You could probably mount a credible argument. He could be mentioned with your Mozarts, your Bachs. Like, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. Like, you think about the work that John Williams has done scoring all these movies. Well, if he lived 500 years ago, he would have been scoring just symphonies and whatnot. This piece of music from from Williams, Imagining Childhood, is absolutely magnificent. I didn't mean to talk about it. It wasn't in the notes, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Suss that out. There's apparently a Rocky prequel TV show (sighs) in the works. That's that's Rocky prequel. So what, he's 14 and... Uh, Who knows what he is. Beat up or something. Um, who knows? Yeah, crazy. It's, um, again, I'm not writing the idea off because anything could be a good idea mm. if you actually deliver and make it. Yeah. Like when they said, oh, we're going to make a sequel with Creed's son, I was like, oh. yeah. and it was actually not bad. It was amazing, yeah. particularly the first one. Yeah. The second one was okay. So we're not writing it off, but it's an interesting tidbit where you're like, Rocky's such a valuable IP. Probably just doesn't die, I suppose. They want to keep it going. How do they keep it going? You know what's going to happen with that? Stallone will not be able to keep himself out of it and he'll be an extra or he'll be like... He'll be Rocky's he'll, dad. He'll be, or, no, or he'll be like, you know, the fruit shop owner. I can, like, play, da, da. I can play anywhere from 12 to 70 because <laughs> like, I can be young Rocky. Just piss off. Do <laughs> uh, you see the Space Jam trailer? I did. If, I Michael, if Michael Jordan... Doesn't turn up. It'll be legitimately one of the greatest missed opportunities in he cinema. You won't. won't. You know why you won't? Because it's irrelevant for kids. No. Because this is weird. Okay, so we're going to talk about this with my watch. We've already talked about it with Powerpuff Girls. For a 35-year-old or a 40-year-old with young kids, yeah. they probably like basketball. They probably like LeBron James. Yeah. But they love Michael Jordan. But when the first Space Jam came out, they yeah. were 10. They love Michael Jordan. Yeah. I'm happy to go see another Space Jam, etc. If Jordan turns up, it'll be one of the biggest, it'll be enormous, but I, I agree he won't. You know why he won't? I can see the tweets now. Oh, LeBron needs help to beat the fucking cartoon characters. That's what it'll be. Mm. I don't think, if he does turn up though, I don't think he'll turn up in that space. I think he will 
I just think it's simple. He just turns up. Just you're going to remake the first one. He just he's just Bill Murray, and he just turns up at the end and when they're down and out. And then he and LeBron are throwing fucking alley oops to each other and whatnot. It would legitimately add. I would basically say to MJ, "How much do you want?" I'd go, "Do you want ten million for yeah. two days' work?" Go legitimately. Mm. Go. What do you take? Because it would add if the word came out. Oh, they're like he's in it and. Like they play together, it won't happen because egos. But um, I thought it looked, it looked all right. Yeah, it yeah. didn't look bad at all. Very Ready Player One. Yes, I mean, but that comes with you know the time that we live in. Yeah. Um, but I didn't mind. I didn't mind how good for a professional athlete how decent LeBron was. Have you seen at, no, he's great. Have you seen at, him on at, SNL? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Train wreck? And yes, that's what I was about to say. Train wreck, he's amazing. Yeah. He's um he's definitely got I wouldn't say he's gonna just go straight into act, but he will I he'll pick up roles here and there as former NBA player LeBron James. Oh yeah. For years and years to come. No, he's he's been good for a while and Michael Jordan just kind of He's he's got a bit of yeah, LeBron's got like an easygoing sort of charisma. Yeah. Yes. But uh, no, I thought it looked okay. And they've obviously got the Ready Player One style Warner Brothers. They go into whatever the wormhole is, and there's yeah. Game of Thrones world and, you know, like a Harry Potter world. And Who's the middle aged guy that's like the master of the. Don Cheadle. Yeah. Yeah. Warhammer, what's his name? Interesting. What's his Not Warhammer, what's his name? He's also Captain Planet. He was more well, briefly. <laughs> um, Captain Planet. Motherfucker. What was his character in? I've just drawn a blank on his character in Marvel. Um, war I was, Machine. I was, was going to say Iron Giant. I'm like, nope, nope not it. I had I, I had Iron War and Hammer in my head. Um, Warner Brothers have officially taken the New Gods and the Trench spinoffs. New Gods was like a weird comic adaptation that just mm-hmm. sounded like then you're not at the point yet where you can do a film that strange. Yeah, with your DC Universe, that's mm-hmm. done. And The Trench was a spin-off. It sounded like the most ridiculous film in development anywhere in the world. You know the scene in Aquaman when he goes down into the trench and those weird, like, like crustacean people are, like, attacking yes. him? Yeah. It was a film based on that. <laughs> Legitimately, this was a legitimate film being developed by a big studio. Crusty boys. <laughs> Crusty boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Crusty demons of surf. <laughs> Is a legitimately Moist these, <laughs> these crab people living in a dark trench in the ocean. Like, <laughs> the meeting, I reckon the meeting would have, for me, I would have been sitting there going, how do they communicate? <laughs> like, is it subtitled? <laughs> <laughs> what, is one of them like a human being that becomes one of these ghastly creatures? Just have those bubbles that all the Aquaman people do. Yeah, just like, so, like, well, how are we selling the film? Why are people coming to see this movie? It's summer. Yeah. Crusty boys. Return to the <laughs> trench. <laughs> but I don't want to. Maybe it's like a romantic comedy. Uh, so that sounded like one God. of the worst films ever. Um, and look, to be honest, it's, it makes perfect sense to not waste a single dollar more developing yeah. it. They're just sinking money into this thing that was going nowhere. Um, in interesting news, Arclight Cinemas in America are closing their doors. They're shutting down. Be like Village shutting. Oh. Be like Village going out of business. Wow. So you know the very famous, the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood, like the big white golf ball looking yeah, thing? Yeah, briefly. That's a, like a famous cinema in, in Hollywood. Yeah. That's Arclight. That's done. 
just because people aren't going and they're well, losing no, they money. They don't have movies yeah. and stuff like that. You're kind of going, yeah. well, I understand. Yeah, totally get it. You're obviously still having to pay rent and various overheads and the like. Um, someone with billions will just buy them and just... Someone will buy them up. Until, spot on. Yeah. They'll liquidate it. And yeah, yeah. The same people probably might even reinvest sort of thing, file bankruptcy. Yeah. And then, um, but still big news that like, as I said, the, the equivalent is a big, um, yeah, village, you know, shutting, shutting down. So yeah. interesting. Um, oh dear. What was that? The hungry hippos. <gasps> fell. Not so hungry anymore. <laughs> uh, and Jordan Vote Roberts, I can never know how to say his name. He directed, he's done a few things. He did um, Kong Skull Island. Did you okay. see that one? Is that the one with Jack Black? No, that was King Kong. So Skull Kong Skull Island, Island was with uh, Tom like Hiddleston, had Brie Larson, yes. Samuel yes. L. Jackson, yes. um, and it was set in the seventies. And they go to Skull Island and King Kong, and you know the, the Vietnam sort of thing. Yeah, um, I really liked it. I thought it had a cool kind of look and feel to it. I thought it was really slick, really well done. Mm-hmm. So he's doing a film. He's doing an adaptation of Gundam, which is that that crazy kind of like classic cartoon, sort of almost. Transformers-ish, okay. sort of Power Rangers-ish, right. um, which has been in development for, for a while. It just has never got off the ground. Yeah. And you sort of like, I reckon he's a bit underrated. See, you're kind of like the... Okay. Like, yeah, anime. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! Kind of, sort of. Yeah, kind of anime-style robots. Interesting. Um, and a very popular property, and it's just never been done, never gotten off the ground, too expensive, blah, well, blah, blah. There'll be a niche that'll eat it There'll eat be a it, niche that will eat it up. And he's got a cool sort of like... Got a cool kind of style to him. Yeah. How he directs and how his films look and the like. So that's exciting. A um, few years ago, it's only just been announced. Yeah, a few, yeah. few years away. So we'll wait and see how that goes. But yeah, yeah. Have you got any news? Um, oh, I mean, we briefly touched it pre-pod. Um, we thought we'd just save a little bit of it. Um, the, I guess, teaser wasn't so much a trailer. There's lots of bits that we'd already seen, but um, a teaser for the last two episodes of... Um, Falcon and a Winter Soldier have come through. Um, so essentially kind of giving us an insight into what's to come um, with those two last episodes. Hopefully there is some credit scenes just because everyone loves a Marvel credit scene. Uh, and hopefully there is some juicy, juicy action scenes because I feel like the kind of last two, three episodes we have been robbed of a little bit, um, which is understandable. It can't just be a bash crash um, series mm-hmm. it needs to be you know context and stories oh, and getcha. whatnot um but we're finally kind of seeing what is in the comics come to fruition um with the new captain america going crazy and um and his uh mate his black mate what's the mate called i forgot his name oh, um star man um oh. uh I think I must be going senile because all these names, are just, <laughs> they're just nothing. I've actually reached the point where, where I'm a bit like you. You're like, oh, the, the guy, the like he'd be called Falcon and I'll say like, you know, the Raven. The, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bad, new Captain America's sidekick. Um, he, you know, got shoved, spoiler alert, got shoved into a pillar by um, a super soldier and is now dead. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's as, I mean, Sean was, Sean was saying before, um, before the pod that it's a little bit kind of lackluster. It's a bit hard to get into because it's a bit uh, on the nose. So, um, 
yeah, looking forward to the last two episodes of that. Obviously, every Friday night they come out here. Um, I enjoy nothing more than hopping on Twitter after a uh, after an episode and everyone's always saying... Marinate in the spoilers. Yeah. And a just, bit of an explanation as to who was yeah, what. And, um, and everyone wanting Mephisto to turn up. Mephisto's um, not turning up. Just let <laughs> Mephisto go. <laughs> Mephisto, if Mephisto didn't turn up in... WandaVision. Yeah, he's not going to turn up. He's not up. turning up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Mephisto confirmed. It'd be, like, it'd be like Mephisto turning up in like um, All the President's Men. Yeah. would be like, I thought this was a Redford film about Watergate. <laughs> be like, it's Mephisto. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you idiots. So, yeah, just uh, jumping on. And on the, on the subject of Twitter, I couldn't help but uh, realise if anyone was looking at the Twitter feeds today that I got a little retweet by um, Box Hill Football Club. So I assume someone in this room has got the account details and is purely looking to grow both Box Hill's uh, followership and the weekly no, watch list. <laughs> no, because what I um, what I needed to do was um, I, I was uh, we've got a video coming out on the Box Hill channel and I was like, oh, we need to convey. We're basically running a competition via this video and one of the yeah. stipulations is like the post, share it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, maybe we could – I didn't like the animated graphics of like the thumb yep. or – the retweet badge. Yep. So I was like, fuck, I'll just record the screen. Yeah. I'll just click retweet and I'll just record the screen doing it. And it was a bit, it was okay, but it was like, uh, I didn't end up using it. So you've used and abused our innocent little account for your, for your fortunes. Um, well, I guess I will kick off the week. Uh, Bear with me one second, William. The triple week. Bear with me one week, second. Try week. <laughs> check one, check one. <laughs> All right, I think we're ready to rock and roll. Just continue off where you were, Will. It's been a slight delay. <laughs> going to have to tell me where I was. Um, uh, I don't know where you were, sorry. I think I was going for my first pick. Okay, let's do it. We just had a, yeah. <laughs> we just had a slight delay in the studio. Slight, slight chunky delay. Um, but uh, my first watch was something I watched before our previous ep, but uh, I kind of just forgot about it. Uh, Marvel Studios Assembled. Yes, Disney Plus. Yes. Yes. So essentially, like a bunch of docu specials, which I assume they'll release one after Falcon, and I assume they'll release one after Loki. Um, just basically examining the next phase of the MCU um, goes into scores and special effects and cast interviews that aren't necessarily you know leading actors, but you know they get a couple interviews and just kind of. Um, get asked if they were huge Marvel fans in the process of everything. Um, it's just a good a bit on um, the same wavelength of uh, what's your Star Wars behind the scenes that you rave on about? The gallery. Star- Mandalor- Star- Mandalor- gallery? Oh, no, you're talking no, about Empire the, of Dreams. The, Empire of Dreams. There is, a, there is a Mandalorian one, which is like Star Wars gallery or something, right, okay. which is a, a making of um, season one was like six episodes and season two was kind of like a – feature-ish length mm. doco. But um, I assume as they kind of go on, much like this would have been their first one, I assume that the second lot that comes out for the next series will be, um, you know, uh, you know, a bit meatier and probably be a little bit better. Um, the first one basically just went through WandaVision and uh, it was only an hour or so. Um, so, yeah, it's I, would, I in terms of behind-the-scenes sort of stuff, um, I really... Quite enjoyed it. Obviously, it wasn't and as in depth as Empire of Dreams, um, but 
in terms of a behind the scenes kind of little feature special sort of number. Um, Marvel Studios assembled. I couldn't find it like searching it up, but I found it on like suggested. Yeah. On WandaVision. So I if you go into WandaVision and then go suggested, it's there. I think I, I saw it on Falcon and the Winter Soldier was obviously the big top banner. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I must have watched Iron Man or something, Iron Man 2 maybe. Mm. And that, you know, how kind of like in the little rungs below yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it yeah. was in there. Right. For me, it was one of the little tiles. Yeah. And so I was it's sort not, of like, oh, yeah. It's like hidden, but not hidden. So if you're trying to find it, just go into like onto the suggested of any kind of big Marvel movie. Um, and it should be there. Um, very informative. It's very interesting, obviously, without having seen that particular one. Like the Mandalorian one was really cool because they went into um, all the, like the detail of how they created, I can never remember what these things called, the big um, LED soundstage mm. that is effectively Disney have kind of created it. Yeah. And it's really revolutionizing um, how you do like front projected effects. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a what's old is new again. Yes. Uh, technology, which is really cool. Like in the old days, they would front project whatever image you were standing in front of. That then became green screen. Yeah. And then now it's kind of gone back to this unbelievably hyper-realistic yeah. um, 3D modeling. It's phenomenal. So no matter where you move the camera, yeah. like the background reacts, mm. like perspective and lighting, it's Correct. ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's incredible. Like it's one of those things that I actually have trouble – Comprehending. Getting my head around. Yeah. Like, this is a great idea, but how do you actually realize it? Mm. And that's what some of these these behind-the-scenes movie-making things are really fascinating for creatively. How do you find the solution? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we talked about how WandaVision was such, like, a left-field sort of thing that Disney literally could have done anything with it because people were so unsure. And a lot of the people that were interviewed that are behind the scenes, they were all in that same boat where – it was literally up to them to decide the, the fate of the show. Not the fate mm. of the show, but like, you know, this like the people that did the score, they're this couple, I don't know their names, but um, like they obviously did all the intros for every episode yep. um, and they, you know, took references from here and there and they were like, we literally kind of got free reign on how we liked it and most of the things we did got okayed. Um, yeah, it just gives a really nice insight and it's not overly, um, you know, PRE sort of um, yeah. mush. PRE ones that have been meddled with and yeah. edited. Yeah. And, you know, cut um, away just, from the, nice. really cut nice. away from the author's intended vision and yeah. you know, removed from the person that, you know, spent their own time cutting it together mm. and like <laughs> taken away at the last minute and it's re- almost like you're speaking from experience here. <laughs> um, you must have had something pretty traumatic happen to you. Recently. Um but uh, so I assume they are going to come out after every Marvel Studios mm. uh, series that comes out. This is that hasn't already been shown. This is something we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Um, the the Fellowship of the Ring, and yep. particularly how the extended editions had those fantastic bonus features, and mm. they were kind of like the first property. I don't know when Star Wars had its DVD release, but they had a little doco on that, which was cool. But the Lord of the Rings was sort of one of the first big, big major films yeah. to go all out with I'm bonus. I'm just stumbling on them. Like, on and they're YouTube. crazy. They're yeah. brilliantly put together. They're so comprehensive as if they sat down kind of from day one and thought, we'll document it. Yeah. What we do with it, we're actually not sure, but we'll document it. And then obviously in the height of the DVD era, 
probably not so much in Blu-rays really, but in the height of the DVD era, it was almost like this idea that we've got this new format, we need people to go from VHS to DVD. For 9 out of 10 people, this upscale in quality isn't going to matter. They don't care. They won't be able to see it. They won't no. be able to actually it's, – it's a better quality sound. It's yeah. a better quality picture. They don't care. But if we get them some bonus stuff, some making of, some behind the scenes. If you didn't scenes, have two discs in your thing, it was like, oh, there's no special. Yeah, and you're sort of like, okay. oh, okay. But yeah. that became a selling point was yes. buy the physical media because you'll get some deleted bonus scenes. Bonus features. You'll get bonus features. You'll get yeah. a making of. Um, so it's cool that with streaming, again, the idea is sign up, subscribe, yeah. or shows A, B, and C, and we'll also give you this, this, and this. Oh, yeah. Like cool. On all of the Star Wars, they didn't have – obviously, they just took them straight from DVDs when they came out or mm. whatever, but they're all, they've all got the suggested extras. And this is a cool um, – like, I was just trying to think, um, uh, what was it? Um, Star Wars did the web series. Uh, Superman Returns did it. Um, King Kong did it. They did, yeah. like, webisodes, which were cool during the making of the film. Yeah kind of at the height of that craze, which was great. Um, but it's just a little added feature, a bonus and a, you know, a plusing of the product to mm. kind of go, we all sit there and watch movies and TV, but you're like, how have they done this? Yeah. And sometimes it's really fascinating to go through the process and when they do a good job of it, it's great. And that, um, have you watched the Imagineering story? I think so. That's a really cool one. That launched with Disney Plus. That was a doco about Disneyland. Yes. That was Awesome, mm. awesome. So this sounds similar. Oh, we'll give this a watch. Yeah, good. It's uh, yeah. I only think it's an hour. We watched it at the end after the last episode of One Vision, so it was yeah. still pretty fresh. Yeah, cool. Like I said, the the Mandalorian ones are really really good watches as well. Mm. Uh, my so look, I've technically only got one pick this week because I was I was telling Will off of Pod. I did watch some other things, like I watched Godzilla versus Kong, and I was kind of like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't really want to talk about that for five minutes. Yeah. Like we could, we could talk about it for a little bit, but like it's it's as silly as you think, and like it looks okay, and it's got some more right bits and pieces, but it's a bit dumb. It's a big silly action film made like made for the Eastern audience, which is nothing wrong with that. No, but it's just a big dumb kaiju movie. The drive-in movie. <laughs> That's a really good way to yeah. put it. Um, it, it's it's a crazy film actually to sidebar a little bit. The first Godzilla remake, which came out in 2014, is such a different movie. Like that film, if you go back and watch it, Elizabeth Olsen's in it, Aaron Taylor-Johnson's in it, Gareth Edwards, who did Star Wars Rogue One's in it, uh, sorry, directing it, sorry. And it's like a pretty grounded-ish Godzilla movie. Yeah. It, it almost has that, let's treat this as seriously and it's it's real. And it's it's kind of okay, it's all right. This could not be further from that. This is like Tim Burton's Batman versus Batman and Robin. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you're like, this is meant to be in the same universe. <laughs> but these are two completely different films. Yeah. Um, we spoke recently in the news about Jordan Vote Roberts, who's did Kong Skull Island and doing Gundam. I still think Kong Skull Island is probably the best of those movies. So if you like big, dumb monster beat-em-ups, it's okay. Uh, if you haven't seen Skull Island, I'd probably watch that instead. Um, but the f- thing I'm going to talk about is the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So we've had three episodes now. The first episode dropped the day after we last recorded, and we've obviously had two since, so three in total. Um, more of that Disney nostalgia. And I thought I'll probably end up, this is something we could talk about, yeah. and I would be happy to talk about for like 10 or 15 minutes type thing, rather than three five-minute blocks on yeah. whatever else. Um, 
it's a really fascinating time with, with Disney. And each one of these products that they spew out is eagerly anticipated and, and everyone's waiting for it. So you've got Mighty Ducks Game Changers. You've got, um, they've, re, they've relaunched Star Wars, obviously. Um, they've done Beauty and the Beast. They've done Cinderella, Lion King. All these live action reboots, reskins for this new generation, which isn't uncommon. In the old days, they just would re-release the old movie. Yep. So you'd go, um, every couple of years, Winnie the Pooh would be on at the cinema because there's always four, five, six-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. But now what they do is just remake it wholesale, reskin it, you know, slap some makeup on it and put it out. And in the case of Mighty Ducks, it's actually got this really interesting phenomenon that I've noticed and Disney are fairly guilty of it. The three examples I'm going to give are all from Disney movies. I've got no problem with a sequel to The Mighty Ducks. In fact, I quite like the show. I think it's quite a good idea. New kids can watch this show. It stands kind of on its own. That'll draw them back to the old ones. People my age who were kids when they first came out will be like, oh, of course I'll watch it. But what all these shows do, they all make the same mistake. So Gordon Bombay, played by Emilio, Emilio uh, Estevez. He, he's back as Gordon Bombay. Yeah. Luke Skywalker comes back in Star Wars. Woody comes back in a belated you know, Toy Story sequel. They all make the same mistake when they're sitting down and writing these shows. Okay, we haven't seen these characters for a while. What have they been up to? Who are they? Where are they? And Disney seem to be at the moment defaulting to they're broken. And they're nothing like they were when we last saw them. Was he on the street addicted to ice? He was. Emilio Gordon <laughs> Bombay is a crack addict <laughs> trawling Minneapolis for a hit, offering hand jobs. <laughs> it's a dark start. It actually starts. He gets busted, um, uh, giving a police officer a hand job. That's the first scene of the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I was like, it's like dark. I was like, I like it. Because Gordon's at rock bottom. So Gordon Bombay, when we're introduced to him, we see the little flashback of, of a little boy playing ice hockey and he misses the, the the penalty in his championship game. And then we fast forward 25 years, whatever it is, and Gordon Bombay now, he hates hockey, he's a hotshot lawyer, win at all costs. And you're like, classic characterization, no problems. We find out that he hates hockey because it reminds him of his dad who died when he was a kid. And he just fell out of love with the game when his dad died. And it's a really nice little story, that yeah. first movie. Funnily, I saw that movie when it very first came out, packed uh, Forest Hill Chase Cinema, genuinely Ooh, packed. Say Forest Hill. Genuinely packed. Yeah. It was called Champions in this market, the film. And when Charlie Conway scored the winning penalty at the end of the first movie, the cinema cheered. Like it was like a proper sports crowd. It's quite <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> they were genuinely like you know, raucous cheering. Yeah. So anyway... So we find Gordon Bombay. When we last saw him in Mighty Ducks 3, he wasn't really in that movie, but he was still in Not A Bad Place. Now he hates ice hockey. And we all know that the kids, these ragtag kids, are going to win him back around and he's going to fall back in love with the game. It's telegraphed. Like, it's the most... You sit there going, don't get too wound up about it because he's going to come around. He's going to have the moment. He he already had in Episode 3, I think it was, the classic Gordon Bombay puts on the skates moment and rediscovers his love of ice hockey. In D2, it was rollerblades because they were in um, California. But he goes out and he has that moment where he realises, I do still like hockey. I'm, I'm fooling myself. But at the same time, 
the story is he was involved with the Ducks and then he ended up coaching a university or college team and he bought a kid some some hockey tape and that's in violation of the NCAA rules and he got disbarred and whatever. Right. And I thought, this man is a lawyer. The first film establishes that Emilio is like <laughs> is like a top shot lawyer. Yeah. Like he's the best lawyer in town. Win at all cost, yeah. ruthless. Yeah. He would not be that dumb. So I'm sitting there going, it's not doesn't ruin the show. I can look past it. It's a little contrivance to move the plot where the writers want it to go. Yeah. But I'm like, Gordon Bombay would not be that dumb to commit like what is a minor infraction, but in the NCAA like ruins his reputation. I think your problem here, Sean, is that you're a little too smart. No, I don't think that is the case. I think there's going to be I a mean, lot I mean, I appreciate you saying I, it. But I think there's going to be a lot of numpties no, but, out there that won't is, pick that up and go, ah, oh, silly Emilio. No, but, <laughs> Emilio, no. <laughs> Why'd you buy that hockey tape? But he's, that's just my bugbear with it is that when you get your characters wrong, and there's still time for them to get Bombay right, and I think they will. Yeah. But when you get your characters wrong and you find them, I hate this idea that the reflex is he's broken. He's broken down. He's not what we last saw him. They did it with Luke. And he's sitting there going, all the audience wanted was the moment from The Mandalorian. Mm. That's all the audience wanted. Luke could have been the hermit. He could have been the crotchety old man. But give us the moment where he comes around. Yeah. And he, he when we last saw Luke, I've said it on pod, the moment at the end of The Force Awakens, which was a good, fun movie, you know, and people probably sat there and thought, yeah, this was, this was not bad. I wasn't sure what we were going to get, but this was good. The moment where Ray walks up the steps and there's a beautiful John Williams score and she sees him, it's one of the most, like, I remember sitting in the cinema going, you can't, you couldn't, you could almost couldn't do this with any character in cinema because whilst Mark Hamill's had a successful career post-Star Wars, haven't seen him, hasn't been in a lot of stuff, no. done a lot of voice work, but there was this moment where life or art imitated life and the audience was like, oh, there he is. Yeah. That's Luke Skywalker. Like, we haven't seen this guy. It wasn't like yeah. Harrison Ford's done heaps of movies. It was like, we actually haven't seen this guy for 32 years. Mm. And it was this beautiful moment of, like, I remember sitting in the cinema, like, getting, like, goosebumps, thinking, yeah. like, he's the he's the hero of, like, when I was growing up watching yeah. movies, he was my hero. And they didn't give us that moment. What they gave us was Luke's broken down and he doesn't believe in anything anymore. And he's not the character who refused to kill his father. Mm. He's not the character who stared down the most powerful being in the universe and refused to relent. He's not the character who said, you know, the famous line, the fantastic, the end of the trilogy, that just wraps up his entire journey. And he says, you know, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Mm. And this moment of like, when you watch the six films and you get to that point, it's this fucking exclamation point. It's this beautiful. And you thought, so when we next see him, he's not that, he's given up. And you're like... It's not that that's not interesting. Mm -hmm. And the Gordon Bombay thing is a bit like that. You're like, it's not that this isn't interesting, but why is he this broken down old crotchet who doesn't like ice hockey anymore, hates it, he owns an ice rink inexplicably, but he hates ice hockey, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you could still have the character disillusioned, but he doesn't need to be like a grumpy asshole. And I'm sitting there going, it's the easiest thing in the world. He hates what the Mighty Ducks have become. When he started the Mighty Ducks, it was a group of ragtag kids that overachieved. And then they went to like that Junior Olympics thing. 
and he banded them together and they won again. Yeah. And you're going, he could hate the Mighty Ducks. He could hate the Mighty oh, Ducks. Sorry, that was my phone binging really loudly in my ears. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was coming through the, it was coming loud through the mixer. Um, he could hate the Mighty Ducks for what they've become. So they've become a conglomerate. They've become a brand. They've become, they've become the empire. Mm. So like the Hawks from the first film, yep. they've become the upper crust elites. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Gordon Bombay could, his, his angst could be, that's not what the Ducks are. The Ducks are never about that. The Ducks were never the Hawks. I played for the Hawks. Yeah. And they, it's not what hockey's about. And you've got to go, that's the angst. The angst is, I don't want to be involved with what you've made this team. So I'm not involved. You're like, and that still accomplishes the same character beat. That still gets us to this point where he's not involved anymore. You don't need to have him be the way he is to narratively get the, the show to where it needs to go. Like, Woody in Toy Story 4 was not Woody. Woody mm. would never leave Andy. No. He would never do it. But they, the writers are probably sitting there going, oh, like, what can we do with fucking Toy Story 4? Shit. <laughs> well, what story can we tell? And they make the character make a decision or make a choice that is a contradiction to everything that character is. Mm. And it's this... I, I just remember sitting in the cinema watching Toy Story going, it's not that this is a bad movie, again. It's not that this is a bad film. But when you betray your characters, your central characters, when you throw away everything might be six hours, it might be 12 hours worth of storytelling, when you basically say, that doesn't matter anymore, don't think about that. Mm. It's just lazy and so many people do it. And then you got like sidebar with someone like Disney. Um, there's a, a girl named Lindsay Ellis who does some really amazing video essays on YouTube. Fantastic. Mm. And she covers all sorts of different things and particularly pop culture and particularly really deep readings of these texts. And she had a, had a fantastic... Um, fantastic video about the Beauty and the Beast remake and how what Disney now seek to do with these remakes is kind of tip the hat and wink at the camera about things that people didn't like about the first one. So you got like all the stuff about Stockholm Syndrome in Beauty and the Beast. Like they kind of wink at it and go, no, no, it's okay because we're going to have fun with the idea that, no, it's not really like that. We're going to acknowledge that it didn't really make sense in the first one. And they kind of do this self-deprecating meta commentary what did everyone not like let's we'll, flip it. we'll address it directly yeah. and, and make fun of it make light of it yeah and in the ducks they're kind of doing the same thing that the ducks are now the hawks mm. and on paper you go great idea and it's a bit of fun because they made the film because they were buying the hockey franchise and they were setting it up in anaheim which is next door to disneyland mm. and you're like i get it it's a fun little thing that these peewee hockey teams become this giant like conglomerate. Like I get it. It's a funny bit. Yeah. And that can stay because that's what things can become. They can get out of hand. They, they're no longer what they used to be, but don't betray your characters to get there. Mm. Like you spoke about Falcon and the Winter Soldier before there was that beautiful moment. Um, I haven't been super into it, but I've liked little bits where it's been all over Twitter. So, you know, we don't need to pretend that we're coming up with this, but there were some really nice bits where you went, what Marvel do is generally speaking, is nail the character moments. Yep. And you, like there was a moment where um, the comparison's been how does Steve Rogers introduce himself? He introduces himself as Steve Rogers. Yeah. Whereas uh, John Walker introduces himself as Captain, Captain America. America. 
Yeah. And it's these little, these nice little nods and winks back to this is why this guy is not fit. Mm. It's a very small difference. Yeah. But it's an important difference. And where he's like screams at the guy, like, do you know who I am? Spot on. Yeah. And that, that thing where there's that. It's like, that's not. That's not it. And that's, that's telling us about humility and that's telling us about, you know, um, beautiful characterization where Sam has not been corrupted by it. Sam didn't feel like he could take on the mantle, mm. didn't feel like he was worthy. Whereas this guy is trying to convince himself that he is, but he doesn't, he's not. And mm. he knows that he's not. So I think rant over, basically. <laughs> but I just, I just get frustrated when you, if you're going to reskin these properties, not a problem in the world. There is a market for them. You know, people my age who are kids, who have kids, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing for, for them to share with the next generation and all that. Love yeah. it. But don't get your characters wrong. And a lot of these these franchises of late are betraying lead characters, yeah. loved characters. And you're just going, it's not, it just, I don't know, you, you get away with it because you're a big property, but just be a bit smarter than that, you know? Yeah. So, look, Mighty Ducks Game Chasers, uh, I'm really at pains to say I, I have enjoyed the show. It's a good little fun family show and it's mm-hmm. definitely, um, you know, in keeping with what the original movies were and, um if you like those, you'll like this. Uh, it's a bit of fun, light entertainment. It's it's quite good. So we'll obviously track how it goes over the next couple of weeks. Um, I think it's only got six or so episodes. I'm not yeah. sure. So we're about halfway through. But do check it out, particularly if you like the series. Quack. Quack. Quack, 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 quack. quack. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? He goes, quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. <laughs> you may have paid for that jersey, sir, but you didn't earn it. <laughs> Fucking uh, Ducksworth, like, fully kitted them out. True. He bought like totally new uniforms, skates, sticks, everything. Man's got money, mate. He does serious money. Um, Actually, sorry. Yeah. Rewatching the Mighty Ducks films, there was this nice moment where I was like, "Mr. Ducksworth's like the best boss ever." (laughs) So Bombay gets done for drink driving at the start, which gives him the community service, which is how he ends up coaching the ducks. Yeah. All good. And a spoiler for a (laughs) twenty-nine-year-old dude. so he ends up coaching the Ducks and there's this bit where he's like, he gets done for DUI and he's, Gordon's trying to figure out a loophole that, oh, how can I get out of it? And Ducksworth's like, no, I've spoken to the judge and this is what we're going to do. And Gordon's like, no, no, we're going to fight it. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, you've been working too hard. He goes, look at you. And he basically gives him like paid leave <laughs> to go and do his community service <laughs> so he can become a better, more rounded individual. And I'm like... The this guy. guy is the hero of the movie. <laughs> Gordon Bombay's on the poster, but Ducksworth. <laughs> and, of course, he's the inspiration behind the team. Correct. Correct. Uh, my second pick is a little uh, bit of a 180 to what you were just talking about. Oh, no. Um, jumped in a time machine back to 2007. Boy, was it fun. 2007? Yeah. Album. Super bad? Oh. No. Music album. Oh, man, I don't even. I can't even because, like, mate, you, I probably won't even know what you're talking Surely about. Surely you'll know this person, T Pain. You know T Pain, King of Auto Tune. No, that's Jason. Jason, the rumor. No, way before him. Um, is he the guy? Has he done a little bit of acting? Uh maybe. But he did. He did. I'm on a boat with Lonely Island. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. So. His 2007 second studio album, Epiphany. Um, hit songs such as Buy You a Drank, 
bartender in church. Um, I don't know what it was. I was on my Spotify. I think I had like a Chris Brown sort of ish radio on, um, and uh, best love song came up. Um, for those that listen to T Pain or know kind of two thousand seven to two thousand eleven R and B, you will know that song. Um, and I was like, holy I don't know, shit! I don't know how many more times I can shake? My that's <laughs> that's all right. Uh, I was like, you know what? I haven't listened to T Pain music in years. Today's a T-Pain kind of day. <laughs> yeah. um, so I went uh, I went on to the, the great man's Spotify page. Uh, the great, the, great, the man. great man. He's a great man. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot of albums. A lot of albums. Too many albums? He's like the ki- he was the king of features for years. And he has had huge songs by himself. He's actually a Twitch streamer now, by the way. He, like, he'll make songs on stream. He, he'll game as well, but he will... Uh, He'll make, he'll just like go on straight. I follow him. I've I've had a couple of questions answered by T Pain himself. T Pain himself, like yeah. to camera. Yeah, oh, wow. and like I just uh, he was talking about like songs that like don't get used or would like you know last on the album, and was like, oh whatever, we'll just put it out. And I asked what it was. I asked, oh, what's like what's the your most popular wasted song? And. Uh, for the life of me, can't remember it now. But <laughs> it's a wonderful story. If you give me a couple seconds, I will be able to find it for you. Um, and it was one of his more popular songs. Uh, pain. One second. One second. It was "I'm Sprung." So I'm sprung. No. Don't forget me. Anyway, I've forgotten it already. People, people will know that. Um, the people. Yeah, so T-Pain, for those that don't know, he basically, pi- like, Auto-Tune's been around. Auto-Tune primarily used for making people sound better, just tweaked here and there to make someone who is shit sound better. Uh, but he essentially became famous for uh, making using Auto-Tune in such a way that everything was, like, maxed out. He essentially gave himself a new voice. So... It was like he is six times platinum. Um, no, sorry. One of his most popular songs was Flow Rider Low, which was I do know that one. Everywhere. Yep. Absolutely everywhere. That's six times platinum. Um, and it's I don't understand he's he's got a label called Nappy Boy Entertainment. I guess hair can have, get nappy. Yeah, I have heard of that. Like his little thing at the start of the song, Nappy Boy. Um I wish I could put. I wish you had like an auto tune function on that thing because I would just do this whole bit in auto tune. You probably do at some point. <laughs> Haven't has um, Instagram just released an auto tune function? Maybe one of the one of the social media platforms. Has. I think TikTok. TikTok, maybe. Yes, yeah. I did see a TikTok about that. Um, but you know, he this man fueled most of the music that I listened to from basically grade five to year eleven. Um, so. He's he's a great man. He's thirty five. He's only thirty five, so he was doing this from early early days. Um, he actually uh, he was on the Masked Singer in America, and he he won it. Is that to undo that retweet? It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit he, weird. Uh, he uh, he won the he won the Masked Singer over there because no one could pick him. No one had any idea who it was because. Behind his auto-tune voice, he can actually sing very, very well. Which begs the question, 
why was he not just singing properly? Because he wasn't making money from it. Oh. It was that he question just sounded answered. like other people. Yeah, question answer. He answered. just sounded like a lot of other R&B singers. So he goes, oh, okay, I'll play around with this little thing. I'll make myself sound like someone completely different. Yeah. Um. So he's, yeah, he's unreal. I, like, I honestly, one of, he's not underrated. He's huge. Because, like, but he isn't, I don't feel that he's given enough gratitude for what he's done to the R&B industry. Um, so uh, Epiphany you, you, 2007. Sorry, you feel as though, <laughs> you feel as though T-Pain's not getting his just desserts. Yeah, like everyone, you know, people say that, you know, there's bloody gods of certain genres. I'd like, I hope that he's up there. Um, you know, coming from a mid-twenties chubby white boy in Melbourne, in inner Melbourne. Um, you know what I hope? What? I can't remember who we spoke about regarding this, and it sounds like the case. I just hope that he's made good money. Sure. sure. But you're like, you've come in at a time where people are kind of still buying records. Yeah. Which is good. Um, you've come in, obviously, before the big streaming explosion, which is good. Yeah. So you're like, hopefully, mate, you just made a fortune. Uh, T-Pain net worth estimated roughly $10 million. Yeah, fingers crossed you've made an absolute mozza. Yeah. He actually just released uh, his latest album he released was basically every remix he's ever done. There's always like four or five versions of the remix. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, Sean, but whenever a rap song is remixed, there's usually a couple versions. Mm. They, then they pick the one, chuck that out. Uh, he's released this album with all of his most popular remix, like features. Yes. Uh, all the other ones that he's been that he's produced, he's just chucked out on an album. He's literally just like clearing his library because there's nothing better to do in America than like sort through your uh, catalog of music. <laughs> um, so Epiphany 2007, uh, just it's really I, I don't know. I, there's nothing better than finding old songs and going, oh, I loved this, and then going down that rabbit hole of just endless, endless good times. Being like, why? Why did I love this? Yeah. What does that say about like me? As all a the songs, yeah, all the songs <laughs> that I found in the last like two days due to this rabbit hole, this T Pain rabbit hole, they were all stuck on my 2007 bloody iPod Nano that is God knows where right now. But I've rebirthed them; they're in my life again, and I'm the better for it. You're a better man. I'm a better man because of T Pain's music. Yeah, I'm just singing in the car, having yeah, fun, mate. I like it. Own it. Yeah. Um, I guess you don't really have another pick. So I don't I'll really just have go, another I'll one. Just no. go, in with, go in with my next one. No. Um, because it looks like we have just lost all sort of structure to this show. We didn't um, even have a shared pick this week. No. No. We didn't. That's all right, though. Well, I mean, I probably could have watched Mighty Ducks, but I haven't yeah. seen the originals. I haven't seen the movies in years. And they're I'm right, a busy man. They're a good watch. I'm a busy man. They're a good watch. No, you'd be, I, don't, I don't know about you, Sean, but when you're in a relationship, you've got other things to do. Yeah, I don't really have much to do. Exactly. Uh, my <laughs> third pick is uh, a new season of something that you and me are both very big fans of. Oh. Are we, though? I'm pretty sure you are. Am I? Yeah. Okay, tell me. Lay it on me. Drive to Survive Season 3. I haven't seen it. Why? Um, no great reason, to be brutally honest. Um, look, to probably... Again, it's not that I don't like them. Um, I was probably a bit more like the F1 season kicked off like three weeks ago. Yep. And it was like, yeah, cool, great. And Drive to Survive comes out and you're like, yep, yep cool, great. And then there's no racing. 
so it kind of slipped off the radar a bit. They're back racing this weekend, but I, I think that there was this sense of expectation and anticipation. The season had started. Here we go. We're away, and then we're gonna have three weeks off, and then you kind of go, oh. <laughs> Yeah, to watch the series. I was like, oh, fair enough. And then I just kind three of weeks, forgot about Three it. weeks to watch it. Um, but uh, obviously they would have started shooting that season not thinking anything. Uh, possibly thinking, oh, COVID may disrupt things for, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, whatever. Um, but uh, the first, so the first episode is obviously based around the Melbourne Grand Prix, which is famously cancelled and cancelled on like the day of the second day. Um, and... Yeah, on the Every, Friday. Yeah, everyone was pretty pissed. Um, so they've used a lot of footage of the Australian coverage Ooh. of it, um, just because obviously they were scrambling and might have been a bit hard to get everything on the first one. But I've made my way up to the uh, Grosjean fireball. Unbelievable. Crazy. I remember that happening and I was just, I was honestly, and they've done it so well. They've gone to like every team every, not every driver majority of drivers and got their like take on it mm. on like how amazing simply simply amazing this is completely was. like no one's like <laughs> it was such a freak. toto wolf goes no car should split in no two. it was such an incredibly freak like how how is this so many aspects of it that the fact that the car split in two yeah the fact that the armco barrier broke the way it did yeah the fact that the car kind of like veered off to the right, the fact that, like, it obviously caught a blaze. Yeah. You kind of, like, there's so much about it that's just, like, a real head-scratcher. Yeah. Like, all of this stuff happened at the one time. Yeah. The fact that he's, un, he had, like, burnt hands. Correct. The fact that he was uninjured. IndyCar driving now. Is baffling. Yeah. Crazy. Obviously, he's just stayed in that position and just, like, skidded along. Like, even poor old, um, horrible story, um, Alex Zanardi, who was a... World champion IndyCar driver, and he drove yeah. in the F1s for a, for a little bit. Um, he had a horrible incident driving Indies, I think it was, <clears throat> where he was basically spun on the on one of the ovals, right. and he kind of got T-boned, and he basically lost his legs because the, the car came across kind of the front of his car, yeah. and he like lost his legs. Yeah, and he kind of like I just remember watching that, and just thinking he's dead, mm. like in that horrible split second. Mark Webber, when Mark Webber flipped, yeah, flipped twice, flipped at Le Mans and flipped it. Uh, Valencia, when he flipped, I just remember thinking, "Oh my god!" And that's what they do in this episode. They, they get into it. They get into it super quickly. Mm. They um, like the, within the first fifteen seconds, you know, a couple corners. What corner was it? First, no, it's like yeah, three or four, third or, or fourth, yeah. Um, and you know, corner, 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 bang, and then then it kind of flashes back into leading up to it, and um, it's honestly they. That episode, obviously such a big moment in the season. That episode they've done so well. Um, they go to so many people, get so many different opinions on it. And it's just, I they, they just shoot the whole thing so well. I love the series. Um, it's very well love done. Love the, what's the whole thing? The series, one, two, three. What's the show, I guess show? The series. Yeah, I love the series. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll edit that. <laughs> But um, yeah, I just I look forward to it every time it comes out. It's a very very enjoyable show to watch. Did they have they covered the um was it the Italian Grand Prix where they had the giant crash at the start finish line? Yeah, 
Oh. There was some unbelievable... The Grosjean one is obviously the main yeah. one. But there were some unbelievable incidents last year. That Tuscan Grand Prix, I think it might have been, where they were under safety car and the like race kind of resumed mm. and there was just the most extraordinary crash at the start-finish line. It's like just chaos. Mm. And all the guys, someone went and they kind of stopped. And obviously... If I'm following you yeah. and you go, I go. Yeah. And then this guy was like, oh, no. And then there was like a seven-car pot more. <laughs> like a, and when again, everyone just got out and walked away. Yeah, And I think the beauty now, three seasons in, there's like, it's all real. So you don't have to develop a character because it happens in real life. But there is stories behind all these 20 drivers that are getting chopped in, chopped out. you got Mick Schumacher who's floating around the traps now. Um, well, they've developed. By the time you get to this stage, they've, they've got characters. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's the there's like there's uh team principals they can go to for like serious chat, and then there's team principals they go to like uh, Gunter. Gunter Steiner. He's a pisser. He's like you say because we look like a bunch of wankers. <laughs> you can you can tell you can tell when like producers are like, all right, we've had three like depressing episodes. We need something, you know, a little something, something. They just Gunter. Gunter, what do you got for us, buddy? <laughs> what do you got for us, mate? Um, but yeah, I just, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy it and can't wait until Mercedes piss off. So you know, makes it even again. Not what even the- again. It's always been you know. There's been years and years of dominance some by someone somewhere, um, but once they're out, I think everything will be a bit funner to watch. I think what you needed, we don't want to make this the Formula One podcast. Mm. They just need less regulations. The, the Formula One is the most overregulated sport. I I really like it. Yeah, I really like F one. It is the most overregulated sport. If you want competition, if you want Renault, for Alpine now. Ferrari, don't even get me started on that branding decision. Ferrari, um, obviously Red Bull, McLaren as well. <clears throat> if you want these teams to catch Mercedes, you've got to let them. Mm. And at the moment, none of the regulations let you do that. If you turn up on the grid at the first race of the year and you're not competitive, you're not competitive for the year. Yeah. yeah. So back in the old days, like if Ferrari were battling, they would go to Maranello, their like private track. Yeah. And they would just do tens upon tens of thousands of miles working on the car, working on the car, working on the car. Now you can't because there's a cost cap and you can't do that. and You can't develop the engine and, you, you know, you can't do a track day. It's just like, why? If you can afford to and if you're happy to pay the money, do it. Yeah. Make a rule. Make a rule that if you – for, so, so if McLaren or you know Mercedes particularly or Ferrari buy X number of track days, mm. then you've got to subsidise one of the Williams. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you can you can have the track, but you've got to pay forty percent of Williams's whatever. Yeah. And they get to come along and test as well. You can't develop the engine. You can't if we because it costs tokens. You only got so many tokens. If you use up all your tokens, you get grid penalties, and you're just going. Uh. Just don't just. <laughs> On a, f- on a, um, and then the, now they want to have practice. So practice one and two were 90 minutes. Yeah. Now they want every practice to be an hour. Mm. Do we just get rid of practice one? So there's now just two practices. Do we don't have one practice? And you're like, so basically what you're saying is you're never going to run the car because you yeah. don't want to run the car because if you run the car and something breaks, you get penalized on a Friday and a Saturday in practice, 
if you blow a component, I don't give a shit. If you blow it in qualifying, you get a penalty. Yeah. Rant about Formula One over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It annoys me no end. Yeah, so Draft to Survive, again, great series. Uh, If you haven't seen any of it, watch from the start. If you can be bothered, but if you are kind of if you have a knowledge of Formula One and you're just looking for something to watch, sure, I'm sure someone would have watched it. It's the perfect sort of entree to. It got me into Formula F1, One, but if you're not an F1 fan, it's interesting enough. Yeah, I would watch when it's on in Australia. I might watch uh, Monaco. You might watch like a <clears throat> Japan's in a good time zone. Yeah, Japan's on in the afternoon for us. Yeah. Um, so I would watch bits and pieces here and there just in passing, much like Bathurst. I only watched the last like 20 laps. Um, but, uh, yeah, this got me into formula one to the point where, you know, I'm looking at calendars and seeing who's who and when and how and what. Um, so draft to survive season three. That's my third pick. Um, Noise. Noise. Double noise. (laughs) It's one of my favorite moments. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's it after, you know. Well, I won't keep you in suspense, Will. My pick of the week is Mighty Ducks Game Oh, wow. <laughs> game changes. Wow, we. Oh, my God. There you <laughs> that's, go. Uh, that's my pick of the week. Uh, I sincerely mean that. If you, if you like the series um, movies, I think you'll uh, get a little bit of something out of the, the new TV show. Um, just because I reckon I probably picked Drugs to Survive when I did season two last year, mm-hmm. I am going to choose T-Pain, Epiphany, Throwback. <laughs> Time machine, baby. That's it's honestly go even if even if you don't want to go listen to T Pain, think of an artist you listened to fifteen years ago. I did this today. I listened to Blink One Eight Two. I feel like you do that every week. No, no, no. I actually no. When I say I listen to them, I like listen to and like the whole album. Yeah, I just listened to it in order, and I was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's just as I remembered it. Yeah, not not even I'm not even not talking directly to you, Sean. I'm talking to our listeners. I'm talking to you, and then the listeners are just me directly. I haven't made my mind up. <laughs> my mic's actually not plugged in. You're speaking to nobody. Your million echo. Yeah. People um, are like, is someone in the background? <laughs> Amelia. Amelia. Um, so, yeah, just go back, find an artist you used to listen to, and it takes you back. You know, if you've got kids, you want to go back to time before you had kids. You, you know, carefree. Pick someone. Carefree. You're Carefree. Uh, so, T Pain's your pick. T Pain. There you go, done and done. Um, well, that's been the latest episode of whatever we're doing now. Um, <laughs> Sean's got a million things on his mind. Meeting um, up every so often. Yeah. Um, I'm just keeping a keeping a watch on uh, some viewing numbers. Yeah. It's going okay. It'll pick up some traction. Boom, boom, shake the room. I like it when people like quote tweet and they like, kind of take your content. Like, yeah, I get it what you're doing, but at the same time, you know. Don't. Don't. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, thank you, Will. Thank you so much for your time and your patience. We had a slight intermission earlier in the evening, um, so that was I very much appreciated. At this point in time, it is uh, 8.34, and I haven't eaten since 1 o'clock. I'm dying. I'm wiltering away. You're also wearing completely odd socks. I love that you just noticed this, because would you like to know why? Because you're an imbecile? No, I was, uh, we, have, we have a bin out the front of work, mm-hmm. and we taped it up. Because people would put in like dirty nappies and shit. And it's not ideal. We're just like, I don't want to deal with that. We don't want to deal with that. We got told off for taping it up. So therefore, By who? Management. Did you explain that people are putting soiled nappies in it? Correct. 
And they said, well, we got to do it. Anyway. What? I had to then take off the... Uh, sorry, can I just interrupt there yeah, for a moment? Please. I'm sorry. What I love about... I've had my own struggles with this today. <laughs> what I love about this like stuff is you're kind of going, why? Why don't... Why are you happy? You're, you're happier for disgusting neighbours of ours to put soiled nappies in the bin yes. than you are for us to say, stop putting soiled nappies in the bin. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's not a rational way yeah, to people, have interpreted that situation. come to the car park of where I work. I think I, I work at Puma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They come to the Puma car park and they'll get out of their cars with fam- families walk into this joint. It's not, so we're not, in, we're not in a shopping centre, we're standalone. They come to the car, they see a bin and go, oh, beauty, empty the car. They, there is just endless supplies of you could you could see where people have been and maps out where people have been is during it, the day. Is it like is it a puma bin? Like is it a skip bin? No, it's just like a bin you see on the side of a road, like in a main shopping strip. Oh, okay. One well, of okay. Well, in fairness, though, this now does change my perspective because <laughs> it's not actually your bin. I thought you I thought you were acting like you had a big skip bin out the back. No. Oh, well, that's not your bin. That's the that's the neighbourhood's bin. But it people shouldn't be putting nappies. But in it, it doesn't get. It doesn't get emptied by the council. Who empties it? We're forced to empty it. Where to? The skip out the back in the factory. He goes, I have to put it in my car and drive <laughs> it to the... <laughs> anyway, I had to do that. There was water there. It's been running in Melbourne, wherever you're listening from. So there was like a combination of rubbish yeah. and water. So there's rubbish water. Yeah, it's not good. And then I was like strategically cutting the tape so I could pick it all up and go and one put it in the bin. Yep. And then I've cut one edge to too far in and bin juice <laughs> has proceeded to run down my leg into my sock and driving down the east and the uh, east link on the way here um, I was going what smells <laughs> speaking speaking to Maddie my lovely girlfriend I could I think it's the bin juice I got on, I got on me at work so then I luckily oh. had a pair of socks in my uh, in my car that I just like whipped on and then I was like, I can't be bothered changing my other sock just mm. to look good for Me. an audio platform yeah. that is a non-visual medium. Well, that makes a bit more sense. Oh, if To be honest with you, if I had dropped the bin juice on me, I reckon I would have just gone home. <laughs> I would have just left work, not told anyone. Just well, left. Yeah, and I yeah I went into work and I was like wiping my shoes and my leg with antibacterial wipes that we have for COVID cleaning. I... Um, <laughs> I we had a really shocking day. There was no bin juice. We had a really shocking day at the um, uh, when I worked at Mount Waverley at the post office. Yeah, just horrendous rain, and it was sort of not not unexpected as such, but the volume of rain was yeah. just extraordinary. It was like uh-huh. a monsoon. Yeah, and naturally, like you wear like athletic sort of runners to do what I do. Yeah. They were it was it was as if I was wearing gumboots <laughs> full of water like to the squelch squelch yeah squelch, to the to squelch, the car squelch, squelch and I was like it's like a half hour sort of thirty five ish minute drive home yeah and I was like you know you're soaking wet yeah and I thought I think I got a towel in the car because I reckon it's not a bad idea if you're posty as such like yeah. just put a towel in the car that way yeah. if you do get wet yeah you can dry, dry yourself you can put that. it on the yeah. seat. And I thought, I reckon I got a towel. I didn't. And I went, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, shit. This is a nightmare. I'm going to be soaking wet. Yeah. Like, I am, when I say I am, like, every article of clothing, is, is, is it's like I've jumped into the ocean. 
And I, I basically, I'm like, oh, and if, particularly my feet. I'm like, this is a nightmare. So I, I look back in the thing and I go, oh, my God. Oh, there was a pair of the most horrible Australia Post-issued socks. <laughs> They're just, they are horrendous. <laughs> yeah. And, like, no one ever wears them. They're yeah. just horrendously bad. They look bad. bad or they feel bad? Both. <laughs> right. They're black and they're really like thick, but they're yeah. kind of like almost like coarse. shitty explorer socks. Yeah, they're horrendous. <laughs> yeah. I remember putting them on one day and I was like, these are actually so uncomfortable. They don't shape to your foot. They bunch up. Like I said, they're they're literally eight millimeters thick. <laughs> they're just they're shit. Yeah. And I thought, oh, we're going to have to put them on. So I, I had two pairs because yeah. I give you like five pairs of socks. And so I used one of the pairs to kind of like dry my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I put I put them on and like dry dry yeah. dry them off, and then I put on like the fresh pair. <laughs> Ooh, baby! It was like that. Yeah, I, I remember driving home. My pants were soaking wet, and I was like, wet, you know wet, what? We're dry. I was like, this is you know the shoes took like three days to dry. There was nothing more that I enjoyed in high school than looking out the window last period, seats pissing down. You go, I got to ride home in this bad boy, and I would just like I take my jumper off because. You, you don't want to, you know, uh, dry a wet ju- school jumper overnight. No. Uh, so I would, you know, basically strip down <laughs> to my, to my shorts and my button up top and just ride because there was a big hill I had to ride down to get home. So it would just be me versus the rain, going thirty k's round the bloody roundabouts. Just and I would just take me. You get home soaking. You go, mum. Having a shower, wash my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> You're up, lady. Uh, I remember when this I was is com- where you take over. <laughs> I was coming back to the depot one day. It was about probably eight weeks ago. It was a while yeah. ago. And it was a particularly, the weather forecast was rain, like rain. Yeah. Rain is coming. But we think it's coming like early afternoon. And yeah. I was kind of like, all good. I'll, I'll be well off the road by then. So I'm rolling around. It's very grey. I'm like, it looks like I might be all right. I roll around, roll around. And I finished the round. I'm, I'm, I'm about it's about a 15 minute ride back to the depot when when yeah. I finish, and I'm like, I can I can we're all good. I can I'm, I'm, I'm going to beat it. No worries. It was like 10 o'clock, and I was like, Ripper, I'm going to beat it back. Brilliant. <laughs> what a day. So I so I was like, this is a great result. So I sort of start riding back. <laughs> I've got about 12 minutes on the ride, and then like you can feel a kiss of no, a rage. It was. It was. There was just one drop. Like you could, Michael Bay would put a camera behind it. It was like fell from the heavens and just like hit me on the cheek. Kamikaze yeah. for your skin. Yeah, it was like that shot in Pearl Harbor with the bomb. It was like just fell down and just hits me on the cheek. And at that point, I was like, I looked up, not, not, oh no. not sort of concerned because I was like, huh, it's one drop. Yeah, that drop's mates turned up. <laughs> It was it was unbelievable the amount of rain. <laughs> yeah, that it was really co- wet rain. It was just... coming down so hard, like hard. Yeah. Volume and velocity <laughs> that I He's actually going, I actually oh, oh, mate, oh. I actually couldn't open my eyes. Oh, I'm riding go, I'm riding down this hill. I'm going uh, uh. <laughs> I'm like I'm like keeping one eye open as best I can. And then the water's like it is everywhere. And I'm, I'm, it's like, again, as I said earlier, it's as if I've just walked into a pool. <laughs> and I remember getting back to the depot and like, one of our team leaders down there, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like, oh yeah, it looks a bit wet out there. <laughs> oh shit. And you're like, tell me about it, mate. <laughs> Fucking tell me about it. I've just ridden through 
like <laughs> tropical cyclone. <laughs> yeah. Moses parted the seas yeah. and then closed them behind me on me. Yeah, have you ever seen the perfect storm? <laughs> the events of the perfect storm make what I just went through look like a sun shower. <laughs> I am absolutely obliterated. Oh, God. Uh, so I don't even know what we were talking about. No, thank you, socks, thank you for listening socks. to the absolute monstrosity of an episode. Um, Man, that last bit, some of our best work. We weren't even <laughs> fucking talking about movies or anything. I think, I think we need to start just a shit talking episode. <laughs> just a <laughs> shit talking podcast. I don't know. The weekly uh, shit talk. The, the, I think the ups, the highs would be high. <laughs> they would be rare. Yeah. And they would be high. <laughs> and then every other, every every week would be down. It would be the pits. Just, just take us to flashbacks of the Carlton shop. Just people, doing no work, crying with laughter. <laughs> people would listen for fear of like, they might actually say something okay. Yeah. And the minute I stop, is when it'll get good. Exactly. exactly. Uh, but no, Will, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for your patience whilst right. I uh, took us offline for about half an hour. Awesome. So good to catch up again and go through your picks. Yeah. Um, we'll do it all it's again. Really good to go through your pick. Well, I kind of... Singular. I, I sort of mentioned some other stuff yeah, that yeah. I'd watched. No, 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 that's all right. That's all right. I, like I said, I was just sitting there. I was sitting there all week and I was, once we agreed we'll do it tonight, I was kind of like, I don't know how long that talk will take. Yeah. But well, I, it wasn't too long. I want to say it. Yeah but not at the expense of something else. So thank you very much for tuning in. We'll do it all again uh, whenever. Been a pleasure. See you next time. Bye.